Alright, let's pray. Father, we ask and we say there is illumination, the highs of our understanding is enlightened, there is no confusion in this atmosphere. Everyone can be you as to see ourselves in you. There is clarity, there is there is light, and we say the church is glorified as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Alright, we are continuing our series on thongs beyond the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Thongs beyond the day of Pentecost. And I told us that um, we started this last week or last two weeks, uh, whichever one now. And we said many people um, associate their speaking with thongs to the event and um, the event of Hatch chapter 2. And that is because they cannot understand the conception and it's because of a lot of misconceptions that have been going on today. And a lot of people have different ideas and different knowledge about certain things. And as a Christian, you must seek for knowledge. I told you several times that as a Christian, one thing you must seek for is knowledge. Now, if somebody asks you, why did you come to service this morning? Maybe when you get back home, maybe you are with your friends or you are with your family. And they ask you, why did you come to service this morning? You should be able to tell them why and what is the essence of a local church. You should be able to tell them the fellowship and what the church does. So believers need to walk in knowledge. We need to walk in so much knowledge. Because something that is associated with the new covenant is that the new covenant is a covenant that is full of knowledge. In Jeremiah 1 verse 31, Jeremiah 31 to verse 34, Jeremiah 31, verse 34, he says, And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them. Seeth the Lord, I will forgive their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. I just read Jeremiah 31 to 34. This was quoted in Hebrews 8, verse 7. This prophecy was quoted in Hebrews 8 verse 7. Hebrews 8 verse 7. Let's go to Hebrews 8 verse 7. Or we can see we can be in, we can see that see that in Hebrews 8 verse 10, sorry, not 7. Hebrews 8 verse 10 it says, For this is the covenant I make with those of the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me what? A people. Verse 11, it says, They shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to what? The greatest. And I will be merciful for their righteousness and their sins and iniquities. Will I remember no more. That was quoting from Jeremiah 31 verse 34. Now, we have the promise of knowledge that we will know God. So every believer has the promise of knowledge that we will know God. We will know God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So knowledge is so important in the new covenant. Knowledge is so important. Just like you go to school, just like you go to your job and you are being trained at work or you, you have those orientations. The, the essence of orientation at your workplace is just that they can give you a proper knowledge of what you are about to do. 
that is the same with Christianity. That is the same as a believer. You can't say you're a Christian and you don't have knowledge of what you are doing. You can't say you're a Christian and people are praying and you can't say this is the reason why they are praying. So knowledge is very key. Church, so church is not like a daycare center where we come to like, you know, a daycare center where we come to pamper you and uh, make you where you come and you just do things and like the way you like and all of those things. No. Church is where we take things to another level. So it's like, if you have not been praying before, church is where we will make you pray. If like you've not been studying the word before, we will teach you to study the word and you'll be studying the word. We will teach you to pray and we'll make you pray. That's church. So if you have not been studying your Bible, we'll teach you to study your Bible and we'll make you study it. Hallelujah. That's what church is about. So a good pastor will give you the gift of knowledge or the gift of the word. A good preacher of the word, a good pastor will feed his members with the knowledge of God's word. Because the knowledge of God's word makes you so effective. It makes you so effective in your Christian faith. So you will endeavor to see, and the pastor will endeavor to see, to it that you are grounded in God's word. That you know how to, you are bold about your faith. You are strong about your faith. You are knowledgeable about your faith. A lot of people have been wrongly informed. You see a lot of people with wrong informations flying up and down because they are just wrongly thought. Philemon 1 verse 6, it says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So when you come to a church, we help you to discover those good things that God has done for you in sal at salvation. We'll take you back. we make you understand those things very well. So, because the more you know, the better you are effective. The more you know, the better you are effective. So, you have to seek for knowledge. Tell your neighbor, say, you have to seek for knowledge. You seek for You're knowledge. not saying like you mean it. You have, you have to seek for knowledge. You can't be like a daisika Christian who just take things anyhow. You have to seek for knowledge. You have to grow in the knowledge of God's word. You have to grow in the discovery of what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. You have to grow in that fact. So, when you are having a conversation with people, and you know in 2022, in such a way we live in today, a lot of discoveries are flying here and there. You see, you find people telling you, I believe in science. I don't believe in the Bible then they will convince you. You know the reason for those things? They will confuse you because you don't know anything. But they, you can convince them because they know. They know what they are saying. Even though they are saying something wrong, but they, they believe in what they are saying. And you find people who go to church year in, year out, they cannot stand and defend their faith. So if, I, I want to ask you a question now. If somebody meets you now in the course of the week and asks you, what is salvation? Can you explain it? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So that is the essence of why you come to church. You come to church so that you can learn. So that you can grow in God's word. So that you can make discoveries of God's word. So that you are effective. You must seek for knowledge. You must seek for understanding. You must seek to want to grow. 
want to learn more about the faith. A lot of us got born again because we don't want to go to hellfire. Now we understand better that it's no more about hellfire. <laughs> How many of you got born again because of that reason? Because they, they scared you because, because they told you that, Ah, on the last day, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Brethren, repent. How many of you got born again because of those messages? How many of you, you came out for those other calls? How many of you? Let me see your hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now you know better. And you have to seek for knowledge. Look at in Luke 3, verse 38. Don't forget, we are still studying tongues beyond the day of Pentecost, but we're just laying some foundations. Hallelujah. Luke 3, verse 38 to 42. Luke 3, verse 38 to 42. Look at, look at the story here. There is, there is a story of two sisters here in verse 38. It says, and it came to pass, as they went, is as they went, that he entered into a certain village. Luke ten verse thirty-eight to forty-two, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and ate the word. Verse forty, and Martha was cumbered about much serving, to come to him and said, Lord. Does thou not care that thy sister left me alone to serve alone? Left me to serve alone? Be that therefore that she helped me. You know, it's like a story of two sisters, one in the kitchen. Let's just, let's just like a church like this. Somebody is in the kitchen trying to prepare food for us now in service so that we can heat it after service while I'm teaching the word. <laughs> then... The person is like the person is signaling to me at the back and say, Pastor, Pastor, tell Sister Pastoris to come and join us. <laughs> to come and join me in the kitchen. Now look at what Jesus said to, 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 to Martha in verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. He said, but one thing, look at in verse 42. One thing is what? Needful. And Mary has chosen the good part. We should not be taken away from her. So the good part is not even about the food. But the good part is that she was sitting at Jesus' feet and learning. Are you seeing? So let's take the scenario again. Let's say in the service like this, in the kitchen there, somebody is like, somebody, let's say Favona is cooking. And trying to prepare food so that we will all eat after service. Then people are signaling to me in the kitchen and saying, Pastores, I want Tony to join me. I want Tony to join me in the kitchen. And Jesus said, you are troubled about too many things. Leave your sister alone. She is doing the needful. That's why this, this thing that people have devised today and say, they say, Mata ministry. <laughs> A Mata ministry. Mata, mata ministry where people cook food. Nah. So, sat at the feet there, when it says she sat at the feet, sat at the feet there means to learn. So, Mary was learning. Mary sat to hear and Martha was offended. So, a lot of us can get so busy today about so many things. We can get so busy trying to arrange the chairs, trying to serve the pastor, trying to do so many things and you are not learning the word. 
A lot of us can so get so busy with our jobs, get so busy with our life, trying to make money, trying to do everything, and we are not feeding on God's word. We are not trying to learn the scriptures. Jesus told them, he says, one thing is needful. So, you have to spend time with the world. You have to. In Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23, Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23, Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23, it says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let not let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. So God's word is health to you. Say God's word, God's is, word health is health to me. God's word is health to you. So as you grow in God's word. As you keep feeding on the realities of what God has done for you, you keep making discoveries. You keep growing. You keep, you keep getting better. Your Christian practice, your Christian life, keep making progress because of the knowledge you have. Hallelujah. All right. Found beyond the day of Pentecost. We said last week that 120 people spoke in tongues and prophesied. I don't know if you believe that. I don't know if you believe that, right? Alright. Look at in Acts 2. Let's do a recap of something. In Acts 2. Acts 2 verse 1 to 4. It says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound of heaven, a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and they filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them, clothing thongs like as of fire, and sat upon each and every one of them. Verse 4. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we said that Pentecost means 50 days. Right? We said that last week, right? I don't know if you believe that. The Pentecost means 50 days. It means 50 days or 49 days after Passover. And I told you that Pentecost was the feast of the Jews. Pentecost was a celebration of the Jews. And I explained to you, I said, just like in America today, we have the culture, every November, we have the culture of Thanksgiving. Now, Back in Nigeria, we don't have Thanksgiving. In different countries, there's different celebrations. Now, because these were men in Jerusalem and they were Jews, there is a day associated with Pentecost. Are you getting what I'm saying? There was a day associated with Pentecost. It was a celebration of the Jews. <clears throat> Every Jew traveled far and wide to celebrate the day of Pentecost. You see in Acts 20 verse 16. Even Paul, look at Acts 20 verse 16. Acts 20 verse 16. Acts 20 verse 16. I'll start from verse 15. He says, And we sail things, and came the next day against to Shields. And the next day we arrived at Samos, and thought at Treoglimion. And the next day we came to Miletus. For Paul... 
are determined to sail by Ephesus. <clears throat> for he would not spend time in Asia, for he said that if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem, the day of what? Of Pentecost. So, the day of Pentecost is not synonymous to the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It was a celebration, a feast of the Jews. So, it was a day that was common to everybody. And I'm using an example of Thanksgiving. And I explained to you, I told you that all those people in verse 8, if you read in verse 8 in Acts 2, verse 8 where it says, And every man he had in our own tongue where we were born, in verse 9 when it says, Pashas, Midians, Elamis, dwellers of Mesopotamia, um, Judea, Cambodia, in Pontius, in Asia, and you read down, it listed the amount of cities that people came from. I told you, I said, they were men, they were Jews who were just scattered abroad everywhere. Just like you are in this country or you are in Rochester, New York this evening. If your immediate family is not here by November, you are going to go back to where you are to celebrate Thanksgiving. Let's say your family is in um, Alabama or probably is in Chicago or is in um, maybe Rhode Island, or is in Pennsylvania, you will travel back to celebrate Thanksgiving with your family. Now, when you go back to celebrate Thanksgiving with your family, how would they regard you? They will regard you as somebody from New York, a New Yorker coming back to Pennsylvania to celebrate what? Thanksgiving. Does that make sense? So that was what happened in Acts 2. There were devout Jews from everywhere who came about in the day of Pentecost to celebrate that day. So and I told you what happened. I told you they spoke with tongues. They spoke with tongues. So and I told you they spoke in tongues and prophesied. I told you that prophecy, tongues is to God and prophecy is to what? Man. Prophecy is to man. So, it was prophecy that made them understand. Now, you will hear people, and this is like a long years of doctrinal debates that people have had. Hey, speaking in tongues, you have, if, when people are speaking in tongues, they have to speak a language that somebody understands. If it is a language that somebody understands, then it is not supernatural. Are you getting what I'm saying? If it is that you have to speak in Taiwan or Japanese or something and the Japanese will come inside here and listen to you and hear what you're saying in that language, then it's not supernatural. Are you getting what I'm saying? That gibberish of eyes sounds is what makes it supernatural. That is why on the day of Pentecost, they call them drunk men. They just finished speaking a gibberish language and suddenly they were prophesying. They were now speaking in an understanding, speaking the marvelous, wonderful works of God. So they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Get last week's message, it will bless you. Now, so there were Jews living in every place. And like I told you, Pentecost is a feast. That is celebrated by every Jew. It wasn't a special day. So there is tongues beyond that day. 
In Acts 2 verse 17, look at in Acts 2 verse 17. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, seeth God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. In verse 18. And on my servants and on my maidens and maidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall do what? They shall prophesy. And I explained to you that prophecy is tongues plus interpretation. I'll say it again. Prophecy is what? Tongues plus what? Interpretation. So the activity or what happened in Act 2 is tongues and interpretation. How many of you agree now? How many of you agree now? That what happened in Act 2 is tongues and interpretation. So if you have a debate or if you go and have a conversation with your friend and they're telling you, oh, when people you hear them in their own language in Acts 2. So, um, why are you speaking in something I cannot hear? Or why are you speaking in a language that nobody understands? Explain to them and let them know that what happened in Acts 2 was tongues and interpretation. And I explained to you that in studying the scriptures, the book of Acts is just an eyewitness. The book of Acts is... is not doctrinal. If you want to explain doctrine, you will go to the epistles. I explained that to you last week. So, speaking in tongues is a language that when spoken, it looks unintelligent. Now, I know every one of you in this service, you are very learned. You are knowledge person. Knowledge person, I mean knowledge in knowledgeable in other things not in the scriptures yet now <laughs> you are knowledgeable in the scriptures hallelujah now you are knowledgeable in other things in your school work in your professional disciplines you are knowledgeable then we all expect that that is the life we ought to carry you know every one of you went to your workplace this past week Every one of you attended different functions. You did different things. And for some reason, you communicated with people in English in different languages or, or whichever you speak. And it looked intelligence to you. But we came to church this morning. As Sister Favor was leading us in prayer, you just started saying, what does this mean? It doesn't look intelligent again. Yes, that is why it is tongues. Tongues is an unintelligent language. It doesn't follow the usual pattern of speech. It doesn't follow the usual pattern of language. You know, there are rhythmics to language. As I'm speaking, I'm communicating to you in a language you can understand. It doesn't, it didn't, it doesn't follow the usual pattern of language. That's tongues. In Isaiah 28, verse 10 to 11, look at the prophecy about tongues in Isaiah 28. Let's go to Isaiah 28, verse 10 to 11. Isaiah 28, verse 10 to 11. It says, For precepts must be upon precepts, Line upon line, yea, a little, dear, a little, 
For with stammering lips, another thong will he speak to his people. Now, in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2, He says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, remember I told you that when you see the word in italics in the King James, it is what? It was an addendum. They, they added it. The, the writers added it. So he says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, albeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So, speaking in tongues goes to God. It is only nonsense to the person you are not talking to. You know, I could be talking to Pastor Rezier. <laughs> I was talking to Pastor Rezier. And he they could be asking me, what did I say? And I'll be like, I'm not talking to you. So when we are praying in thongs or when we are speaking in thongs, you are not speaking to the person beside you. You are not speaking to your friend. You are not speaking to your lover. You are not speaking to your husband, your wife. You are not speaking to your child. You are speaking to God. No man understands thongs. I'm saying it again. No man understands thongs. It is not a human language. See, one sign that you must understand that you are supernatural is that when you came to service this morning, you spoke in tongues. That is enough sign for you to understand that, ah, I am a spirit being. Hallelujah. That's one sign for you to understand that, oh, I'm actually a spirit. When you open your mouth and you're just talking in tongues, Zofra, Diska, Lefra, and you're just speaking, that's the witness of the spirit within you to make you understand that you are beyond the natural. But you know what we do? Many a times we try to want to figure it out. We try to figure it out. It is not a human language. Thongs only make sense in the spirit. I'll say it again. Thongs only make sense in the spirit. Thongs is only understood in the spirit. So, when I am speaking with thongs, I am making sense in the spirit. But am I making sense in the natural? No, you're not responding. Am I making sense in the natural? No. So, when you lift your voice to speak with thongs, who are you communicating to? Just communicating to God. So, on the day of Pentecost, what was happening on that day? Remember, I told you, thongs is to God. I told you, nobody understands thongs. So, nobody in that vicinity in Acts 2 could have understood what they were saying. Nobody in that act too could have said, oh, you know, the scripture made us feel like they, they had every man in their own language. No. I just explained to you now. No man understands thongs. 
tongues is only making sense in the spirit. So what was happening in Acts 2, what did they understand in Acts 2? They were understanding the interpretation. Because when I'm interpreting tongues, I will interpret in a language that you understand. Look at in verse 5. Let's start in verse 4 of this 1 Corinthians 14. It says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spoke in tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. Now, that word rather in the English language, it makes you feel like there's a choice between two things. That's why many a times you have to go back to the original Greek to understand what rather means. Now, when I say, I would rather travel to London than travel to Rochester. Honestly, yes, I would rather go to London. I don't know about you. <laughs> so, I'd rather travel to London than be in Rochester this morning. Now, that's the choice between two things. But with the scriptures here, that's not what it means. Rather, it's from the Greek word malon. It means even more, much more. It's not talking about that comparison between two things. It just means much more. That is what people... So, it's like, it's like saying, I'd rather that you all spoke with tongues, but greater than that, I will prophesy. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? So... It's just saying even more, much more. So what people can hear and receive from you is prophecy. If I start speaking in tongues now, just imagine I'm teaching you and all I'm teaching you this morning, I'm just speaking in tongues. You can't be blessed. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't be blessed. How you will be blessed is when I speak in a language that you understand. So what people receive from you is prophecy. Now look at in verse 23 to 24. It says, Therefore, if therefore the whole church come together into one place and all speak with tongues and come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, we did not say that you are mad. Look at in verse 24. But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one who is unlearned. He is convinced of all, and he is judge of all. Remember, unbelievers cannot understand tongues. Even you, believer, you can't understand tongues. Because tongues is not for you. It's not for man. Speaking in tongues is for who? It's for God. Then, so when he says, if we all come together in a place, and we all speak in tongues, hope you know, all believers right there, we can all agree together, we can all speak with tongues because everybody will be communicating to God, right? Now, because speaking in tongues is to God, why interpretation is for others? Are you seeing that? Now, so when we come to church service like this, if we are to, we can just say, okay, everybody, let's pray in the Holy Ghost and everybody can pray in tongues. But look at what he says there. He says, therefore, if the whole church come together into one place and all speak with tongues, when an unbeliever comes in, what is going to be what, what is going to be the first thing they say? What is these guys are mad? What's, what's, what's going on here? Now, because he doesn't understand. Are you seeing the essence of knowledge? Are you seeing the essence of knowledge? Now, but you, do you even understand what you are saying? 
Does it make sense? You, you know, you, you don't even understand what you are saying, but you know that you are making sense in the spirit. Does that make sense? All right. So look at in that nineteen in that nineteen verse six. It says they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. So is it possible that the very first day I spoke in tongues, I can prophesy? Yes. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's very possible. Now. How do people speak with tongues sometimes? You know, the laying on of hands also work in Acts 19 verses. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to touch certain things in this series. In Acts 19 verse 6, you see what he says. He says, and Paul laid hands on them, and they spoke. Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So laying on of hands is a ministry where we minister the things of God to people. We can lay hands for people to receive their healing. In at Mark 16, in Mark 16, look at it, Mark 16. Mark 16, in verse um, 17, it says, And this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues, and they shall lay hands on the sick. So we can lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Say, I can lay hands on the sick, I can lay hands on the sick. and the sick will recover. So, and also, you can lay in some people, and people would be filled with the Holy Ghost. People will speak with tongues and prophesy. So it is like, and you, we can lay in for impartation. Look at in 1 Timothy 4 verse 14. Laying on of hands can work in impartation. So, I want you to look at your hands. Everybody, I want you to look at your hands and say, These hands, no, you're not saying like I mean it. Are supernatural. Now, so imagine your voice is supernatural because it is through your word, your lips, you will speak with tongues. Imagine now your mouth, God is walking with your mouth, speaking with tongues, and you are communicating with God. And God is now still telling you with your hands, you can lay hands on the sick. The sick will be healed. With your hands, you can lay hands on people and people will receive the gifts of tongues and they can even prophesy. Now look at, you can also lay hands to impart people just for an impartation. And like, an impartation will mean people can begin to function and operate with the things of the Spirit. And operate in something much more. Look at the First Timothy 4 verse 14. First Timothy 4 verse 14. Say, I can lay hands. First Timothy 4 verse 14. It says, neglect not the gifts. That is indeed which was given to thee by prophecy with the laying and of hands of the pebistry. Pebistry there means elders. That is the lay hands on people. So you can lay hands on people and they can function much more in the way you want them to function. As somebody who is discipling people in the Lord, you can lay hands on people and you expect them to, to, to come up higher. Are you getting what I'm saying? In 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Look at 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Look at what Paul said to Timothy. He says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that there stir up the gift of God, which is put in thee by the laying of my hands. So you can lay hands on people, and they begin to operate and function in the things of the Spirit. So that shows, if you get somebody saved today, you can lay hands on the person and the person can begin to speak with tongues. The person can prophesy in that very instance. It happened in Acts 19 verse 6. It happened in Acts 9 verse 17. 
Atnaim verse 17, it happened there. Atnaim verse 17, Ananias to, 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 to Paul. Ananias, he said, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands. Are you seeing it? He says, I'm putting his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest, and has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with what? The Holy Ghost. And I told you that that word filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts means they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Are you getting it? In that thing, too, Peter. So if you are filled with the Spirit, you can minister the same to somebody else. So, all of you spoke in tongues this morning now, you can help somebody else do the same. You can go home now, and somebody will tell you, I've been saved and I can't speak in tongues. You can tell me, oh, come, walk the person through the scripture, and you touch the person. Touching the person doesn't mean you have to lay your hands on the head, no. It could just be the, the hand. It could just be, give me your hands. Are you getting me? And you are receiving something. Are you getting what I'm saying? It says you can lay hands. Hallelujah. Say, I can lay hands. Can lay so, hands. a man who is full of the Spirit can minister the same to someone else. Say, I can minister the same. People can function in what you function. Because remember, you are now a supernatural being. So, you have to see tongues beyond Act 2. In Act 8, in Act 9, in Act 19. Tongues is no more suddenly again. Like in Acts 2 where it says, and suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. No, it's no more suddenly. It can suddenly happen in your room. When you get people filled with the Holy Ghost. It can happen in the bus park. It can happen in the bus. It can happen in the library. Hallelujah. It can happen in cafeterias. It can happen in McDonald's. It can happen in steakhouse, long gone steakhouse. It can happen in Texas Roadhouse. It can happen in your kitchen. It can happen everywhere. It can happen on the road. Just give me your hands and I can, I can help you. So the book of Acts is a book of experience. And a lot of people have different experiences. If I ask you now and I say, um, share with me your experience on how you started speaking with tongues. Everybody will have different stories to tell. I will tell you my own. I remember when I started speaking in tongues, I've, you know, when they say you have tarried, ah, you people, you people are not old Christians. There's a word we used to use, they say tarry, 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 tarry for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, tarry for the baptism. <laughs> That's what they say, those days, tarry. So, me too, I have tarried. I tarried and tarried and tarried. In fact, when I spoke in tongues, my mother said, No, you spoke fake tongues because you still stole my money. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember just, the woman just laid hands on me, bitch. <laughs> and I said, let's begin. Now, that will not be your own experience. I told you it's last week. I told you a story of a friend who just read this Bible and he spoke with tongues. Are you getting it? I have a friend. I got the person feel the Holy Ghost via WhatsApp. I just explained the scriptures to the person. And I, I told no one to do the same thing. And he tried it and it worked. Are you, are you explaining the, the scriptures to the person? And you just call the person and say, all right, speak now. And the person speaks. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's beyond act two where there's now suddenly. 
Are you getting me? When they say, you are waiting, waiting, waiting. They're just waiting. And suddenly somebody just say, oh, it has come for me, it has come for me. No. Hallelujah. Now we can speak with tongues. When I get to my room, I can speak with tongues because it is beyond act two. Because the Holy Ghost doesn't come and go. It stays permanently in the believer. How many of you know that? That the Holy Ghost doesn't come and go. It is in you permanently. So if the Holy Ghost is in you permanently, you can speak in tongues 24-7. You can speak in tongues all the time. In Acts 1 verse 8, it says, And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. It says, And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So, it says you shall receive power. The power is not the Holy Ghost. Now, let me explain this to you. The power is not the Holy Ghost. When it says you shall receive, receive there is the word lambano. I want to teach you something about receiving. Receive there is from the word lambano. It means to take hold of something. It's an active word. That is, if I say thick, if I say thick this jotha now, what will you do? Pastor, if I say thick this jotha, what will you do? You will stretch your hand and you will take it, right? It's an active word. So when I say receive something, or when you come to a meeting and you want to receive, the action is on you. Are you seeing it? The giver is ready to give. I've stretched my hand, ready to give. You are the one to lay hold of it. So when he says lambano, receive. So what happened in Acts 2 was that they received the power. They've been taught. Remember, Jesus upon the resurrection spent 40 days with them. What was he doing upon the, with, uh, in the 40 days? He was teaching. So and he was preparing their heart and he told them, he says, you shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you he says and you shall be witnesses unto me both in jerusalem and in all judea and in samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth so people received power utterance is power what happened in act two was that they received utterance an ability to speak so when he says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were not waiting. They were receiving. Are you seeing it? What did I say receiving is? From the Greek word lambano. That is, you take hold of something. It's an active word. You have to do something. So what happened is that they, 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 they received the utterance. So when we lay hands on people, is for them to lay hold of the ability. When we lay hands on people, it's for them to lay hold of the ability. So, I can lay hands on you. How many of you, you've laid hands on people before and they say, not, it's not coming. How many of you, you've laid hands on people before on speaking this, I say, it's not coming. The problem is not with your laying in events. The problem is with the receiver he is not laying hold of it in fact there was some day i remember when 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 um 
high school those days and we're getting people feed with the Holy Ghost in school. There was one night we 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 <laughs> Shegu was part of those people we got filled those nights. <laughs> we spent hours trying to get this brother filled. Speak now. <laughs> I won't do that anymore now. That was when I was much younger. Speak! They said, nothing is coming. Ah, you must speak today. Nothing is coming. Nothing is ah. We've laid hands, laid leg, laid body. <laughs> nothing is coming. Now, why is, why is the person like that? The person is not laying hold of it. So now, I can lay hands on you and you choose not to receive. Because you are not putting something to work. You are not ready to receive. Are you seeing it? Are you getting this? Yes, sir. Because, so what happened in Acts 2 was that they received utterance. They so utterance is the power. Are you seeing it? So when it says they will receive power, what was the power they received? Utterance. Ability to speak with tongues and prophesy. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it, guys? So when we lay hands on people, is for them to receive is for them to receive to lay hold of the ability so they have, and that ability has been given in salvation the ability to speak see the functions of the gift of the spirit the functions of the gifts of tongues the functions of the abilities and the workings and the giftings of the spirit has been given to you upon salvation so when I lay hands on you, the ability is for you to just receive. Are you seeing it? The ability is just for you to receive. So, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, you see in Acts 4, verse 23. Acts 4, verse 23. Oh no, let's see in Acts 4 verse um, 31 where it says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaking, and the assembly, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and spoke the word of the Lord with boldness. So now, filled with the Holy Ghost there means they were maintaining the glow. Now, you and I have been filled with the Holy Ghost. When we come to service or when you are on your own, when you are praying, what is happening? You are maintaining the glow. You are maintaining the ability that has been in you. So, it was just like after Acts 2, they were continuing in what they received. So, let's say, I lay hands on you now and I say, okay, now, the workings of the Spirit works within you to go and heal the sick. When you start praying in tongues and praying about it and start going to... to to heal the sick, what is happening is that you are maintaining the glow. Are you seeing it? So, on the day of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost was not just a one-time experience. No. They still had an experience in earth for. So, tongues is not just for a one-day thing. Oh, I've spoken in tongues already. Thank God. I'm free. Now I can speak. So tongues is not for that very first day you spoke. That the person that got you feel, you say, we oh, say, speak, speak, speak. Now you not say, hallelujah. That's all. And from that day, 
till maybe the spirit just come upon you again. Maybe you are in the service and the service is moving. It has it. not speaking again. No. You could actually have spoken in, at home. You could have spoken when you were driving. You could have spoken when you are being driven. You could have spoken when you are taking a walk. Because you have to maintain the glow. So tongues is it for a specific day. I remember when I started speaking in tongues, the ladies on me and I just spoke. I got home that night, very many years ago, about 15 years now, more than 15, I believe, years now. I started speaking and I I just I just I was just happy. I was just speaking, speaking, speaking. It was just two syllable, but that two syllable, I spoke it till I was tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not for a one-day experience. Speaking in tongues is not a sudden thing. It's not sudden. Hallelujah. 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 Now, why did you say praise God? Eh? Because you understand. I like that. You said praise God because you understand. It was a response. It was already reflex. That is exactly how tongues should be. It should be in your default speech. So speaking in tongues is the language of the believer. Just like I say, praise God, hallelujah. You know, nothing moved you to say praise God. Nothing moved you to say hallelujah. That is the same way tongues is. Nothing should move you. So we could just start and say, everybody, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. You could just listen to this message now and just open your mouth and pray without anybody laying hands on you. Now, speaking beyond you people, I'm speaking beyond to people who listen to this message even in 2000. Are you getting what I'm saying? You could just hear me now as at this point and just bend down your head and just pray in tongues and just open your mouth and pray. And by just doing that, by just doing that, there is just that ability coming upon you. It's not sudden. No, it is not. So there is no feeling. There is no, oh, I want to feel something. How many of you have spoken to people who say, I'm not feeling it? I don't, I don't feel something. I don't know if you feel that way. I don't know if you want to start speaking in tongues. Because of the first experience you had the very first day of one's, one sudden good feeling, you did not have feel that way when you got there. You're not thinking, Am I sure what I'm saying is right? <laughs> How many of you felt that way? I felt the same way too when I, many years ago. Yes, it always happened like that. But you know, there is no feeling to it. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 14. It says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. And I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will sing with my understanding. Did you notice the word I will? Did you notice the word I will? So it means it's a function of your will. So we can just say, you can get home now and just say, let me just pray in tongues. And you just pray in tongues. And I say, okay, let me switch back to my understanding and give a prophecy. Are you getting what I'm saying? So speaking in tongues is man's will. It's your will. It's a function of your will. 
So the reason why you've not spoken in tongues, the reason why your friend who is a Christian hasn't spoken in tongues is because he is not yielding to it. He is not ready to lay hold of the ability. He is not ready to receive the free gift of what God has given. Now, you know, tongues is a free gift upon salvation. Look at in Mark 16. Mark 16. It says, in Mark 16, everybody let's go to here. In Mark 16, it says, go ye, Mark 16 verse 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devil. They shall speak with new thongs. So upon salvation, thongs is for the believer. Say thongs is for me. You're not saying like you mean it. So thongs is for you. So speaking in thongs and praying in thongs is your decision. It's your decision. Lifting your voice and praying loudly is your decision. You know I can say everybody shout now. Let's everybody let's shout hallelujah. Let everybody let's, let's one two ready go. Hallelujah. Now you see how you shouted it now. You see it's your will. That is the same way you can actually lift your voice and pray in tongues. You know, some of you, you are whispering. You chose to do that. It was not the function of the tongues. You are just the one that chose to. I remember many years ago, people knew that those, those times in my life. When I used to say, no, nothing will make me speak loudly. I just communicate to God within, my, within me. Within. God is within so if you come close to me, you will never hear even the blow when I'm I'm talking to God. And I'm deceiving myself. <laughs> Sometimes your mind has gone to Alabama. <laughs> your mind has traveled far and wide. I have a teaching like that. Go listen to it. Why we pray aloud? It will bless you. Why do you lift your voice to speak with tongues? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, speaking in tongues is, a, is your decision. So, a believer can pray and speak in tongues whenever he wants to. You are in the car, you can speak. In the, when you are taking your shower, you know all those times you are, you are singing and you are singing, um, 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 God to love you, God to love you. Instead of you to be singing God to love you, you just, <laughs> you just change it to speaking in tongues. Whenever and wherever you want to. So, when we sing in the Spirit, so we can also sing in the Spirit. Just the same way we sang a couple of minutes ago. We sang a song. We can now decide that let's sing in the Holy Ghost. It's the same way you spoke in tongues. You just switch your, syllab your syllables to a melodious one, to singing. So, praying in the Spirit and singing in the Spirit. So, singing with the Spirit will be what? Singing in tongues. Singing in the Spirit will be what? So, when we say, let's sing in the Holy Ghost, what, is that, what does that mean? Singing. When we say, let's pray in the Holy Ghost, or let's pray in the Spirit. So, when you see in the Scriptures, when you say, praying in the Spirit, what does it mean? Praying in tongues. So, can we have a choir because we are in learned church? Can we have a choir that can a choir will just say, brethren, 
let's just lift our hands and let's sing in the Holy Ghost. And we will not be like those people that say, we are unlearned or are these people mad? Right? We can have that, right? Yeah. We can just say, everybody, let's lift our hands, let's just pray, let's just sing in the Holy Ghost. Who are we singing to? to God. You're not saying like you mean it. Who are you singing to? to when you are praying in tongues, who are you praying to? To God. To God. So, you know that song where they say, if I have 10,000 tongues, it won't be enough. Singing tongues, that's, that one will be enough. <laughs> if I have 10,000, so we will say, Lord, they will roll, they will roll on the floor, do everything. They say, Lord, there's even a song in my native language. They say, if my head, my nose, my mouth, my head, yes, my, my leg, my hand can praise you, it still will not be enough. Singing tongues. It will be you know. Look at what it says. Say verse, verse um, seventeen, verse sixteen and seventeen. It says, "When thou bless with the Spirit." Look at verse sixteen. First Corinthians fourteen. First Corinthians fourteen, verse sixteen. I'll wait for you. I want you to be there so that you can see. It says, "When thou bless with the Spirit." It says, "When thou bless with the Spirit, how shall ye that occupy the room of the learned say Amen at the giving of the thing, seeing that you understand what thou say?" It says, "For verily." For thou verily does what? Give thanks well, but the other is no edified. So why do we sing in English? So that in case those who are not in our service, who don't even understand tongues, will be what? Edified. So, but imagine everybody can all pray, sing in the Holy Ghost. We might not especially have to be singing in English again. I would to God that we'll have a million people in our service someday and everybody is singing in the Holy Ghost. It's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not giving you a wishful thinking. I'm telling you what I know. It's going to happen. You just, you just might not be there. <laughs> but it's going to happen. Hallelujah. So, you know, I can pray for you in songs. That is, I am communicating to God about you in songs. Right? Since I'm talking to God, right? I can hold your hands now and I say, let's pray together now. And I'm praying in songs. Are you seeing it? Now, do I have to tell you what I'm praying about? No. Because we are both believers. Because songs go to God. Now, look at it in Romans 8. Sometimes there are times we want to pray certain prayers. How I many of you have got it to a stage where you want to pray, but you just don't know how to pray? You just don't know how to do go about it. How I many of you have experienced? All right, let me explain that to you. Look at it in Romans 8, verse 26. So you, you want to pray about certain things, but you just don't know how to go about it. Look at Romans 8, verse 26. This, this is where we end for today. Where we'll, we'll, I'll just explain this and we'll pick it up from here next week. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh its assertion for us. We groanings which cannot be authored. See, so, that word infirmity there says, likewise, the spirit upholds our infirmities. Infirmity there means not knowing how to go about your request. I'll say it again. Infirmity there means not knowing how to go about your request. So, it says, likewise, the spirit upholds your infirmity, for we know not what we should pray, but the spirit itself maketh it a session. The spirit is not praying to God because tongues does not make sense. Tongues make sense just to God. 
and it's a prayer language. Tongues is a prayer language. But in 1 Corinthians 14, put your hands there, go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. It says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, remember I showed you, I told you that word unknown is in Talisai. So I can simply say, For if I pray in, in tongue, right, my spirit prayeth. So when you pray in tongues, what is praying? Your spirit. And you know you are a spirit man. How many of you believe that? A man who is born again he is filled with the Holy Ghost. He has the Spirit of God dwelling in him. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, He is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So, Paul was writing that concerning church meetings. But when I'm in my room and I have to pray, do I have to pray in understanding? When I'm in my room, do I have to pray in understanding? No, you don't have to. In Ephesians 6 verse 18, Ephesians 6 verse 18, I'm still coming to that scripture. I'm just showing you some things. In Ephesians 6 verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayers and supplications in the Spirit. It says, Praying always with all prayers and supplications in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Supplication there means request. Request for all sins. So I can make requests for all sins where? In so I can say, I can say, let me pray for the whole church now. And how do I do it? Do you know that? If I want to list all of you one by one and start saying, oh Lord, favor, let me, in Jesus' name, Lord, help me to. Hope you know that at some point I will get bored of what I'm doing. At some point I will just. I will just get tired. I won't even understand why I'm doing it. I can't even be... Do you know if I pray, okay, oh Lord, favor, oh Lord, favor, have favor to be great, have favor to do, have favor to do this, have favor to do that. Ten minutes, I'm done. But imagine, I just said favor, and I just start praying in tongues. From favor, I start entering things I don't think I know. If from that, from favor, just praying in tongues, I might find a revelation. And I see a detail that I don't even know. Because he says, look at what he says in that place. He says in verse 25, in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 25. He says, and thus the secret of the heart is made manifest. So falling down to his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. That's revelation. Look at Jude 1 20. I still want to explain that Romans 8, but give me a second. Look at Jude 1 verse 20. Jude 1 verse 20. Jude 1 verse 20, he says, But beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost. So the believers will pray the will of God in tongues. See, let me tell you. If, how many of you want to pray the will of God? How many of you know there are wrong and right prayers? How many of you know there are wrong and right prayers? Oh, you don't know. But do you know one thing? What we never feel is praying in tongues. You will always pray the will of God when you are praying in tongues because you don't even understand what you are saying. But it makes sense in the Spirit. It makes sense to God. So the believer is praying the will of God in tongues. So back to our Romans 8. Back to our Romans 8 where I was trying to explain to you now. Back to our Romans 8. It says... 
Likewise, Romans 8 verse 26, Our spirit also appeared our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered. So, when I am praying, I am making requests. When I don't know what to do, when I don't know how to go about it, how many of you sometimes you just have some feeling of discomfort? Sometimes it can come like a fear, it can come like anxiety, it can come like ah, you're just not, you're just worried and troubled about what to do. Well, that's the time to actually pray in tongues. Because you will be praying the will of God. So, praying in tongues is a complete package. It's a complete package. In Philippians 4 verse 6, Philippians 4 verse 6, Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and what? Supplication. What did I say supplication means? You're not saying it? Making requests. It says, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, thanksgiving is a part of prayer that releases your faith. Concerning what you've asked God for. So that's why many times when we pray, we just let's lift our hands and let's just thank God as touching what we've prayed about. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 6. 1 Timothy 2, verse 6. So you see, it is very difficult for anybody to doubt prayer or doubt tongues. 1 Timothy 2, verse 6. Because there is enough evidence in the scriptures. 1 Timothy 2, verse 6. It says, he says, for who gave himself a ransom for her to be testified in due time. No, I don't believe this is what I'm looking for. In verse 1, it says, I exhort thee that first of all, in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, supplications, are you seeing it? Prayers, intercessions, and giving of things be made for all men. So when you ask in songs, then you give thanks concerning what you have asked. Does that make sense? That's just a simple principle of prayer. When you pray, just say, Lord, I thank you for what I prayed about. So, thongs is devotional. It's between you and the Father. One of the assignments I will give you for this week is just spending time to just read that 1 Corinthians 14 because we're going to explore many of those things in, in, in times to come. Just in this, we just read that 1 Corinthians 14. So, when we come to church now and I want to pray, can I pray in my understanding yes, sir. for you? Yes, Why? So that you'll be edified, right? Yes, so when I pray and I say, in the name of Jesus, this and that, that, that what, why am I praying that? So that you will be blessed. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. But when I'm praying in tongues, who is blessed? You. It's me. Because the Bible says, he that speaketh in tongues, speaketh not unto who? Not to, unto, not unto man, but exactly. So, but when you are alone, what should you do? Look at First Corinthians fourteen eighteen. So, have you figured that one of the things to do when you don't know what to do is to do what? Have you? Have you? Do you get it now? When it says. Your spirit is spirit epith our infirmities, for we don't know what, what to ask, but your spirit helps us to do all of those things. What does that mean? Just pray in tongues. Just spend time. 
Look at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 18. He says, I thank my God. This was Paul making a boost to the church of Corinth. I speak with tongues more than you all. Ha! Wow. Do you know what that means? It means Paul spent a lot of time speaking with tongues. So, brethren, I charge you this morning. Spend a lot of time speaking in tongues. You, are, you will be arranging things about your future. You will be correcting things concerning your future. It will help you do, it will help you, costly mistakes will be avoided with tongues. Speaking in tongues a whole lot. Paul prayers was in tongues. Paul spoke in tongues a lot. So when you, spoke in, when you speak in tongues, you are edified. When you speak in tongues, you are stronger. You are fortified. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you pray in tongues, you give things. Does that make sense? You pray in tongues, you give things. But when you come to church, many times we, 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 we come to church and we all gather. You know, we we'll read the prayer. We we'll read the prayer in English, right? The person that is leading prayer does not lead you and say, Brethren, pray what I'm praying now. Pray what I'm praying now. <laughs> person will show us the scriptures. We'll read the prayer and everybody will all pray. Right? Yes, sir. Then, we'll just be talking to God. So when you talk in tongues, you are stronger. Right? Yes, sir. You are better. Right? Yes, you are fortified. Right? Yes, you know we can pray about this week. You know, the new month is here. We can just spend time and just say, August is here. 31 days, you know. Is it 31 days or 30 days? 31 days. You know, we can just pray in tongues about the 31 days in August. You know, if we pray in English, we'll be limited in our understanding. We might not be able to go far. We'll be saying, Lord, I pray for day one. That day one will be good. That day one will be, that day one will go away. That day one... But we can cover the whole of the 31 days just by praying in tongues. That's what tongue does. It goes ahead. It goes far and wider than your reach. Are you getting what I'm saying? How many of you want to just spend time and just... Some of you will have travels to travel. You have work to do. You have people to talk to. You have different engagements. School will resume. Different things will happen. But you know you can just trust God about that August in thongs. How many of you know that? Yes, are you ready to do that? Yes, Alright, just lift your voice wherever you are sitting and let's just pray in thongs. Pray in thongs for your August. Pray in thongs. Lift your voice and just and just talk to God about August. I'm not saying you should speak in your understanding now. Talk to thong, talk in thongs about the next month. If you've not been praying in thongs, this is an opportunity. Just open your mouth and speak in a language that is different. Are you getting me? Just speaking a language that is different. You have the ability within you as a Christian to speak with them. So lift your voice. It is gibberish. It sounds gibberish. But you are making sense in the spirit. It sounds unintelligent. But you are communicating to God. So talk to, talk it, talk to God. Talk to God this morning. This afternoon, 